Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also with me, Lavender Gooms. Hello. And also joining us this week, hashtag full squad, Kid Presentable. We're going to talk about some fights. That's true. First of all, I want to thank everybody for listening and taking the time away from the Trader Joe's list of them announcing the number one items for 2019. I know that's been right there as the number one news item the past couple days, and you taking the time away from the orange chicken and the sesame, all you know, the all bagel seasoning to learn about our opinion on fights. We really appreciate it. Um, what was number three? Number one was the all bagel seasoning. I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you, ga- I'm assuming you named the first two. What was well, the they have different categories. Three? Number one, all overall, overall is the all ba- is the everything bagel seasoning. But Interesting. That, that frozen items first is mm. the mandarin. It's the orange chicken. And also we up there is some of that. Always. cauliflower gnocchi, which I've bought many times. Good stuff. So That one's actually pretty good. Yeah, and make sure you get yourself some of those dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Because you're an adult, and you get dark chocolate Reese's penis and peanut butter cups. Anyway. Oh, oh, I, have, I have another suggestion for mm. you, uh, ladies and gentlemen out there, that a coworker of mine at work told me about last week when I told her I was going to Trader Joe's. Mm. Uh, the mango creamsicles. Oh, I thought you were gonna to s- die for. I thought you were gonna go with the uh the mango with the chili powder because I I fuck with those. Those are where I'm at. Where it's at the dried mango with the chili powder. But right on. And also, no one's ever get wrong got wrong buying a Trader Joe's tamale. You'll be okay. It does the job. By the way, this is the conversation we normally don't have after a really big weekend of fights and <laughs> something real to talk about. But fuck, guys, you listen to our show. You know what we're about. Um. All right, boys and girls, we had a title fight between John Jones and Dominic Reyes, the pride of Apple Valley High School or whatever the hell it was. And he made them all proud, folks, because that was, in my opinion, the best light heavyweight title fight we've seen probably since Jones versus Gustafson. And we got ourselves some controversy. Um, we got people saying 3-2 for, the, uh, for Reyes. We got people saying 3-2 for Jones. We got one fucking moron saying 4-1 for Jones. Unfortunately, that gentleman's allowed to judge. Um, Marcus, why don't you tell the folks what we saw this past Saturday night from Houston? Yeah, yeah what really made this fight compelling is I, I think something that we've been criticizing a lot of Jones's opponents before is that you know you really have to bring the fight to Jones. He he tends to be able to control the distancing and the pacing, which is something that I really you know leaned on heavy when we were talking about you know picking fights last week. And Dominic Reyes, to be successful, had to get in his face, had to get in the pocket, and use his hands to be successful. That's what's gotten to the dance, and that's exactly what he did. The beginning of this fight looked exactly like Connor and Cowboy, where Dominic Reyes pretty much went center of the cage as quickly as he could and threw that left straight as quickly as he could, got right in Jones's face. And that first round was, it really set a lot. It really set the tone for what would slowly become the next three rounds um, and really just prove that Dominic Reyes was not in fear of John Jones. He was able to successfully get in the pocket and throw his hands consistently throughout these first three fight, uh, rounds, which ultimately leads to kind of the controversy o- overall of the fight where looking just purely at fight ma- matrix, Dominic Reyes had more significant strikes um, in rounds one through three and then really dropped off in uh, four and five. And I think the you know the biggest story coming out of this event overall, not even just about this fight, was the judging going on. You know, we had multiple decisions that were very questionable, um, and this one became very questionable. Um, at the end of the day, and I think we're all going to give our takes on you know how we felt the fight went and who we feel should have won or not um, on just the judge cards and how it scored in the UFC. I kind of thought uh, Dominic Reyes did enough to get those first three rounds. Um, and Jones obviously dominated the last two. I wasn't personally too upset with the decision, though, because and I think we're probably going to have a larger discussion here about judging and things we would like to see. Yeah, we're going to get um, into the judging widely as a whole. Sorry, just to right. be preview. Um, and one thing, and I'll just give my opinion here since we're already on the topic, I broached it. Um, I've always been a, f- a big fan of how Pride used to judge their fights. They judge them as a whole meaning that how you end the fight is a lot more important um, than how you may have done throughout the course of the fight. If you 
are just controlling and not, you know, significantly putting your other opponent in danger. And the other opponent in the last round does a lot of damage, really goes for what the Japanese call Ippon, trying to finish the fight. That is scored much more heavenly or heavily than um, just controlling the fight and just basically winning rounds as, as we would see. And I think John Jones in rounds four and five, you know, dominated a lot more clearly than Dominic did through two and three. Um, and I think ultimately, uh, you know, the, the round that was questionable that ultimately may have got, gotten John Jones the, the nod was the second round where, like we mentioned before, Dominic Reyes still scored more significant strikes. But I think just looking at numbers doesn't really tell the whole story. And when you rewatch the fight, which Bobby did, I have not. Um, rounds two and three, you can tell that, and this kind of, this became a pattern throughout the fight where Dominic Reyes after the in-between rounds where he got to rest, he would come out very strong, very fresh, um, and that stamina would quickly decrease, and Jones would be able to dictate more of the pacing and spacing, like I talked about, through the second and third round, where, you know, Dominic Reyes wasn't coming forward as much, but still, you know, the numbers tell you that he was throwing and landing more significant strikes in those rounds than John Jones was, and I think when you look at the end of the fight and they have that graphic up where you see the metrics of, Jones, you know, landed 14 to Dominic's 21. He landed 21 to Dominic's 27. When you just look at the numbers, it's like, well, this guy should win the first three. And then obviously four and five go to Jones. I think you can look at that and make a decision. Watching the fight again, you might lean more towards Jones on one of those rounds. Um, at the end of the day, Dominic kind of just gave it up in rounds four and five because he couldn't keep up the stamina. And that's ultimately why at the end of the day for me personally, this decision doesn't leave a really bad taste in my mouth. Um, but it, I think it, it brings up a lot of questions about how these fights should be judged, um, which I think is good because yeah. we've been yeah. under the same structure. And I mean, look, there has been a, a, a rules change recently mm-hmm. where some commissions are allowing these new rules. Um, but I think there needs to be more. And I think the stuff that and we we're also talking I mean, about. Yeah, sorry. We yeah. also need, we need all the commissions to get on board with the improved rules, which is, we're going to get to that in a minute. Too. It is really confusing, I'm sure, for the fighters and the organization itself to have certain rule sets be applied in some places and not others where having a hand on the ground means you can't need them in Texas, but in California you can. I think that just becomes confusing. You really need to have a, a unified rule structure that everyone's going to use across the board so the fighters don't get confused about like, okay, what can I, what can I, can't I do because I'm in this place fighting do I have to weigh in the day before? Can I not use this, that, or the other to as dietary yeah. supplements? You know, there's too many things. They really need to be clear across the board. And I'm all for making adjustments. I think the scoring needs to make a lot of adjustments um, because we basically adapted a boxing rule set. And this sport is just so much different than boxing that I think th- at this point, obviously, we've had so many bad decisions. But I think this event really signified that there needs to be major changes to make this an even playing field so the competitors know what they're doing too and we talked about this before it's just dumb there's no sport where and maybe and honestly some sports might benefit from this that you don't know the score until the end of the game basketball could be really fucking fun (laughs) you're just at the end of the game like who won you look at the score and they're ringing tally oh it's 101 to 99 who knew it was so close I mean, look. Although, although here's one main difference with that potential hypothetical, Mark. Uh, well, you, you know, can the still keep score yeah, in basketball, at least exactly. mentally. Exactly, you can. But in fighting, you can't, right? It's you. You can't definitively say that guy scored okay. ten points because he landed five head kicks and two takedowns. Well, okay, let, let, let's break down the couple different problems we have here. First of all, I think uh, I watched it twice. I watched it again on Sunday, and I came out of it thinking, yeah, he won the first three rounds. I thought Reyes won the first three rounds. I thought Jones won the last two. I understand if you gave Jones the second. I don't think, I still think Reyes probably won. I would think Reyes won the second, honestly. But I don't have a lot, I mean, this is not right. to have, like I mean, because every round should be guarded, should be judged separately. But going into the fifth round, man, you can't have that kind of confidence. That's just one thing aside. But here's the situation with Texas. This isn't just like MMA rules as a whole being a problem. This is a state that is bad at this. And there was like five bad decisions on this night. And they're using the old system. And Stefan, we're sitting there and we're watching the fight. And Stefan made a really good point to me where he's like, because I mentioned, I'm like, man, Jones is going forward the whole time. And Stefan's like, yeah, that doesn't matter under the new rules, which is true. Under the new scoring, you advancing doesn't mean shit unless like. It's the least criteria. Yeah, so, yeah basically. It's what, you, it's what you look at in the absence of action. And we, if we there had, were no strikes, there were no grappling exchanges. Then as kind of a fail safe, you go to, well, who was leading the fight? And even that. 
honestly, I still thought even using that, which is what Texas was using. Well, let's be honest. Texas wasn't using any score of criteria. They were the guy, the judges are making it up as they go. One of the judges wasn't even watching one of the fights earlier. All right. This is the Texas commission, which they licensed Kimbo Slice and Dada 5000 and Kimbo died two months later for like heart problems that were known apparently. So, you know, that's, you know, when you see like a scorecard like that one judge had, that makes me think that maybe they don't even some 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 of those judges don't even score each each round as it happens. It's almost as if the whole fight finishes and they're like, "Oh, well fuck, I think this guy won. All right, let me just well, do you know, some shit to make it, it seem as if like I, you know, judged each round." Look, honestly, I think everybody here at the time. I think honestly everybody here watched that fight and said Reyes probably won the first three. We all agree on different degrees on that. But if I'm judging this fight, John Jones won the fight because there was four round, there was rounds four and five, and Reyes and Reyes starts getting bombed on, and we're all sitting there trying to judge it in a perfect system. We all probably like judging a fight as a whole, and we're like, "Hey, man, fourth and fifth round, this jo uh, Jones just starts beating this kid's ass." If we keep going. Reyes is gonna get his ass whooped. That's yeah, not a, and, that's not the system though that everybody signed up for. We all yeah, agree well, to a certain set of system here, and if they're not applying it appropriately, how does anybody have a shot of actually getting anything done? You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's why I like Pride. That was, I mean, both criteria of what you talked about is how Pride used to score fights. It was really they judged the fight by not just what happened in that fight, but how that fight was turning out. If because honestly, if we really wanted to do this legitimately, there's just no time limits. Just yeah. let these guys fight each other until one of them gives up. There's, there's, no, stand -ups, there's, no, there's no time limits. There's no there's I mean, no there's no BS about yeah. like oh there's no opinion in it that you just keep going until one guy's like I can't do this anymore. It's been two hours. Sakuraba is kicking me in the legs. I'm always crazy. I can't do this forever. I'm done after seven rounds of 30 minutes. Um, that's not, you know, realistic, right? Because we can't have these events. These events would take, they already take way too long. They can't take 10 hours. So Pride had it where you judge the whole fight. And they also had criteria, much like UFC is now utilizing, where it's like finishing the fight is number one. Going after the finish is the first criteria. Damaging your opponent is the second criteria. As you go down, it's like effective striking, effective grappling. And then at the end, it's control. Um, I, I think... Pride's judging criteria is not perfect because it's highly opinion-based. The guy can just say, like, oh, I just thought this guy won because he landed a head kick at the last second. Um, but it gives you a much better understanding of these are the things that are most important to them, and this is when it's most important to them. I think that's not a realistic structure for well, them to take. You know what the thing goes? Sorry, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I was going to say, they're talking about open scoring. That's what K1 used to exactly. do. Exactly. And I think that is an even playing field where – this just allows, there's no more of this corners guessing you're two rounds ahead of them and there's one round left or you're three rounds ahead of a five-round fight. You can coast these next two rounds. If you just at least know what the judge's scorecard is, then you and Dominic Reyes would have known in this case, like, okay, you need to win this last round if you're going to win this fight, dude. Like, I thought you won the first three, but these judges didn't think you won round two and this crazy cracked out judge didn't think you won round three, so you got to get it done. At least the fighters know where they stand because it's kind of crazy to think like, a lot of fight fighters just assume like, oh, I'm, a, I'm ahead. I can just coast this last round and win. And that's just that's well, just you, crappy for them and for us. You know, it's also a problem, Mark. And Stefan, I mean, we're talking about two issues here. One is that what's a better scoring system. Two is even if we have a scoring system, like I don't, I think the newer rule scoring system is honestly not bad. But the problem is actually using the scoring system that is created. You know what I mean? There's, we're talking about incompetence and a rule set. Two different problems here. Wouldn't you say? Uh, it is. Um, I think you guys have hit the rule issues on this. I don't want to really... That's not really the point I want to make on this fight. Um, hi, Stefan here. The guy who picked uh, Dominic Reyes uh, to much derision last week. To significant, significant derision. Um, but, you know, there's something I sensed about it. I just wanted to kind of circle back. Uh, I wanted to talk right after you, Mark, because I, I wanted to go to your pride point because I, I agreed a lot with that. Um, as the guy who picked Dominic Cruz, the guy who thought Dominic Cruz was winning, um, I probably Reyes. had it. Or sorry, crew. Sorry, yeah, Ray Dominic Reyes. Uh, apologies. Um, had him winning the first three, but I was kind of with you. I was okay with Jones getting the three because I hated how that fight ended for Dominic Reyes. I absolutely hated that he didn't seize the moment. Uh, you know, another topical thing. Yesterday night we had uh, Eminem doing his "Lose Yourself in the Moment." You have that one chance. Would you go after it or just let it pass? Uh, Dominic Reyes decided to let it pass. He did not fight in that fifth round. You could say he was tired. He did not fight. I was really disappointed because his first comment was going into round five. I thought I won one through three. So that was it. He fully concedes. Yeah, I, I didn't think I had to fight in the fifth round anymore. I think I just needed to survive it. That is some weak ass mentality. I'm a pull a Stephen A. Smith here. That is a weak ass mentality 
or the challenger going after the greatest of all time with a moment of his life is, I just need to make it through the fifth round. That is, I wanted him to seize it, you know? Yeah. There's the judgment things. There was questionable judging on the night. There's the old mantra, you don't let it go to the judges. It wasn't so definitive that he had them in the bag. Like we said, two I had to Reyes, but it was close enough that you're not upset with Jones getting it on people's cards. So that being his mentality going into the fifth round of I got three in the bag, that was weak. That yeah. was just so, so weak. Mike, um, 10 years of you being a fight fan, a little bit little more actually, maybe 11. Um, and early on, I remember this. I'm not sure you remember this conversation where I would just, I told you about how, yeah, man, uh, the judging in this sport is bad. It's wrong all the time. I'm not sure you remember these conversations. What do you no, think, I do. man? What, what um, do you, I do. What I, do you, I still remember some of the, I think what was on the Ultimate Fighter wall in that mm -hmm. gym. It straight up says right there, don't leave in the hand of the judges. Which is sometimes easier said than done. But, you know, we uh, you do what you can. What did you think? I mean, you watched it actually today. Um, what did you come out of this fight thinking, to be honest? Well, um, I have a few thoughts on it. I mean, Steph's not wrong, but then at the same time, I really hate that old adage, uh, you got to take it from the champion. Yeah. Did it look great that, you know, he was just tired and, you know, thought he had three in the bag um, for the last two rounds? Sure. It doesn't look great. But if he had three in the bag, he should have won. He should have won the fight because if he won three rounds, it really doesn't matter if you're running the last two because the way the system is set up. Right or wrong. You, it's basically five five-minute fights if you want to think of it that way if it goes to the decision if he won three of those fights it did it shouldn't have mattered if he was skipping around the octagon doing cartwheels and didn't throw one punch and just blew kisses to the crowd that is mike giving us a, a preview of the conversation we're going to have if, when we pick fights later a man doing cartwheels in the fight go ahead sorry buddy <laughs> no but besides that um you know the, the judging wasn't good um i'm not gonna you know beat a, a dead horse in this particular situation uh I'm really interested in the, it seems, groundswell that's starting to happen with people really calling for an open open judging system. I know that Kansas just announced that they're going to be experimenting with that, uh, uh, hopefully in the next year or so. so. They're going to do it on an Invicta event, they said, too, I think is what they said, right? I think that's pretty cool. It's a, unless I'm, I'm not going to share this thing. Yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to use it at, in March 6th at an Invicta event in Kansas City. Well, I don't know where I'm going to be on March 6th, but I'm definitely going to have to find some way to watch that event. I don't know the last time I ever said that about an Invicta card, but that's going to be the case on that particular day because I'm really going to be hoping for decisions. Do you think... Which I never wish for that. Do, do you think, and I know people are like, well, the UFC doesn't pick these commissions and they don't like do this or that, but if they want to impose their will... They only go to states that yeah. do things correctly. Wouldn't that be? Yeah. I mean, they're. I mean, that might be unrealistic to ask for, right, Steph? We're talking about a business here, and if you know people in Texas are going to show up for fights, the UFC is going to put on a fight card in Texas. But they are capable of influencing what's happening here. You know, they're not. I'm not using the word. I don't know the word for it, but they they have bullets in their gun here. You know what I'm saying? Whether they want to use them or not, we've seen it in other capacities. Um, we've seen certain referees get less fights. Um, they have the right of refusal, you know? Uh, so, yeah, balls in their court. And they pick um, the judges. They they pick the judges. So if there's some dude who's like, yeah, last time he didn't watch the fights, you just don't – he's not going to job this time. But I agree with you, Bob. They they have control to basically say, send a message to the commission saying like, yeah, dude, you're not going to get our big events. You're not going to get that big boost in money for your, uh, for your government organization because we're not coming here because we don't trust you. You need to make changes, and we need to be – feel comfortable that you are going to be able to regulate our event correctly so we don't have this. And I did think, I don't know if you guys saw it, this is such a like PR stunt where the Texas Commission is, they basically responded that like, we are very pleased to see everyone so passionate about our commission. And it's like, oh, yeah. nice spin, dude. Everyone's fucking pissed off. That's a nice way to spin it. I mean, I may, I may, I've been making jokes about the Texas Commission the entire time we've had this podcast. I remember I made a joke one time. I said, you know, if they wanted to book a gorilla versus a man, Texas would get it had to get it done. They don't care. All right. But like when well, James Krause fought on one day notice, was there any doubt in anybody's mind? And look, he did great. I thought he won. All right. But like, was there any doubt in anybody's mind that Texas was going to have a problem licensing that fight? 
against a guy that he's two weight classes smaller than. Like, come on. This is what we're dealing with here. They don't care. They don't give any fucks. Um, let's just get to the next part of this here. What do you guys want to see John Jones do next? These are your options. Heavyweight fight. Rematch with Dominic Reyes. Um, winner of the fight we're going to pick later, Corey Anderson versus Jan Blachowicz. I'm not even going to bring up Israel Adesanya because there's no way he's fighting Israel Adesanya next. The other three. What do you guys want and what do you think happens? Mike, let's go with you first. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Um, I know the option I don't want to see is who if he fights anyone from the Young Blockowitz or Corey Anderson fight. Um, I don't care how spectacular the, the fight could potentially be this coming Saturday. I don't care how devastating a knockout is that we get. At this point, the only light heavyweight I really want to see him fight is Dominic Reyes, and that's because Dominic Reyes just showed me that he actually does belong in the same possible stratosphere as as John Jones. Besides that, um, well, what do you nothing want? else really interests me. You I want, want to see him fight Stipe. No, you want, what do you want? You want, your, you want his next fight to be heavyweight, you're saying, more than anything? I want it to be at heavyweight, and I would be fine if Dominic Reyes got it immediately. Well, what do you think is, is going to love... happen? What do you think will happen? Not what you think is not what you want. What do you think? What you want is a heavyweight fight. What do you think is going to happen, actually? I think that John Jones, and maybe this goes to that champion's mentality, even though he won the fight, I think the fight was so close for him that he doesn't want any shadow of a doubt that when he goes up to heavyweight and leaves behind the light heavyweight division, that anyone is saying, oh, well, Dominic beat you in that fight. Um so I have a feeling that his next fight will be at, at light heavyweight so that he can come back and, you know, try to dominate Dominic like how he's done to a lot of other light heavyweights before in the past. So you want heavyweight? You think he's going to fight Dominic, though? Yeah. Mark, what do you think? Um, Largely the same. I mean, obviously, and I think we're all agreed, the fight we're going to talk about yeah. this coming week, the winner of that, there's really no interest. And really, this has been John Jones's biggest curse since... Um, coming back, you know, after DC moved up is just there's no one, there's no dance partners for him here at all that make any interest that build anything. I mean, I maybe the Gustafson fight had a little bit of that, but Gustafson was such a different fighter when they fought the second time. So I mean, he's on his he's on his third generation of light heavyweights now, right? So I would at. say I would say that I'm more interested because I I didn't feel this decision. I mean, this decision was like super awful. I think he did. He showed that in the fourth and fifth round, he was a better fighter than Dominic Reyes. His stamina was there. He was able to control those rounds. So I would not, I'm not jonesing for the rematch as much. Um, although I wouldn't hate it. And, and this is why every time John Jones has had a rematch with a guy, he smokes them. Like, oh, I don't yeah. think he's, I, I was waiting for, I was waiting for you to make that point. Yeah, I was going to say the second time they fought, he finished both those guys and, you know, in quick in, in quick and in, in, you know, in very effective fashion. So I think if these guys do fight again, I'm even more confident that John Jones is going to get the win. Um, so I am more interested in fighting him fighting at heavyweight. And I did want to mention these things cause I didn't, I didn't break down the fight super well. Cause there was some stuff from John Jones that I really liked in this fight. Um, because we haven't seen people get in his face like that, I loved his uh, his head movement to avoid getting damage. There was a lot of times where Dominic Reyes was flooring on him, and he was able to move his head, getting glancing shots. He still got hit up, and you know that's definitely why he lost the significant strikes. But he never got rocked in this fight. There was not really a time in this fight where he looked like he was on, you know, jelly legs or anything like that. Um, and then a few times when he used his goddamn hands. They were so good. He threw some jabs and right straights. I was like, what's it? What's his range, Bobby? Like 80, 87 inches? Like, you moron. Use your punching. You can do it well, too. God, it's so frustrating. Semi Schilt, if he was dead, he'd be rolling in his grave, but he's not. Thank God. I love him like that. <laughs> but it's just like seeing him just throw these jabs and right straights with like crisp and power. It's just like, dude, train that stuff. Stop with these oblique kicks and establish that jab. Um, but yeah, and I and I liked obviously Dominic Reyes. We have to give. I mean, obviously he's getting a lot of credit. Dude was twelve and zero. That's twelve fights fighting against pound for pound one of the best guys in the world. For him to go out and do what he did, I think it was very remarkable. I think it definitely makes him a superstar. Uh, maybe maybe a superstar is a bit much, but I think it really put him on the map. And I don't think a lot of people know knew him going in. Rightfully so, he's fairly new to the scene. He hasn't had a ton of big profile fights, but he showed up for this fight and he did what a lot. I mean. 
outside of DC and outside of Gustafson, no one gets in this dude's face and makes him fight. And ultimately, he didn't have the stamina to keep up that pressure, but he fucking did it. And I applaud that, man. That first round, Bobby, I was like, and and there was we, you know, this fight changed your emotions going through it. And I know that you were kind of saying like, oh, I want him to get rid of, get through Dominic so we can get to heavyweight so we can. That's see all him. I want, man. But yeah. you want to see him pushed and. Look, at Dominic didn't have enough to really, really, really push him, but it had enough to win some rounds off of him and make this a really close decision. And that's why I want to see. I want to see John, because a lot of times when he's pushed hard, we see greatness out of him, and we haven't seen greatness out of this guy in a long time. So that's why I think heavyweight might be able to push him to that. Um, but it also, we saw him pushed here. And again, like, John Jones did a great job. He showed a lot of skill sets. But I think what we were, Stefan was talking about earlier before the show is, like, we haven't seen the dominant John Jones that made him a superstar where he's just demolishing guys. And we know he has the skill set. He just doesn't seem to apply himself to it. And that's why I thought when someone pushes him, he's going to be able to really apply. And I think in this fight, uh, Jones got pushed. He tried to take him down. He knew like the standup is too close. I need to change the dynamic of this fight. And he got Reyes down for two seconds and the dude popped right back up. So another big credit to Dominic Reyes. I think, you know, we really have a, a star so, in the future with Dominic. So you, but Jones, you, heavyweight, you, you want heavyweight? You don't know what, what do you think he's going to do though? Um, I, I think what Mike said kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, Reyes. I think there's going to be enough kerfuffle around like, and Reyes making a stink and fans making a stink about like, dude, you lost. I don't know if he's going to want to leave the division in in a state where it's questionable but at the same time we that's what gsp did right like he had a super questionable win and he's like no i'm out i'm good GSP and we won three rounds against a and man kind of, and history history will dictate that slowly over the years we'll kind of forget how close this fight was and we'll just oh, see yeah. unanimous decision and be like i think john's beat like, i remember the fourth and fifth rounds he dominated like he was he was good in that first round and then he beat him all the other rounds and that's why you have 49 46 these other judges got it wrong <laughs> i mean we we forget we watch so many fights we'll forget over time but Do i we? think he will i think there will be a rematch and then oh then man uh, mike at this point people have forgotten that shogun got robbed against machita they just say oh yeah then you know shogun had to take the rematch i'm like well shogun won both fights they fought. See, Bob, that, that's why I fucks with you. So you knew exactly which fight I was thinking. Dude, about. we were, it was the, it was the angriest I've ever seen a group of people after watching a fight. All like ten of us were like, "Yo, Shogun won four rounds. What are we doing?" Stefan, some stick harder than others. Stefan, uh, what's he gonna do, and what do you want him to do? Oh, uh, yeah, it's funny. Again, this is a good time for me to follow up Mark because uh, Mark is ever the MMA optimist. Um, I think it's just my burnout on the sport showing. I came away very pessimistic from this fight. What I want, I guess, and what I think will happen is Reyes is next. Um, because here's my MMA pessimism. I told you, Bob, earlier. I have now lost all interest in John Jones at heavyweight. Um, he is he's he's he can't assert himself anymore. Is it a sign of motivation or is it a sign of diminishing talent? If it's a sign of diminishing talent, I think every heavyweight smokes him standing. He doesn't have the power to put away kind of some like some journeyman type guys like Santos and Smith. He, he can't seem to finish them uh, shows against a Dominic Reyes. His takedowns are not as effortless as they used to be. It used to be John Jones has his hands on you. It's not that you even get to defend it. You're on your back before you're thinking about defending it. He's throwing you. He's tripping you. He's doing it. at will. He took DC at will. Now, even when he got these takedowns on Reyes, he can't, Keep the control. You said, where's the ground and pound, Bobby? When was the last fight he had the opportunity to ground and pound? It's been like four fights since he's even had been in a position to ground and pound, let alone it being what you want him to do. Um, he He's, you know, head kick aside from Cormier. He's never been a power hunter. The interest at heavyweight is because you presume he's going to get smoked. Um, John Jones is the guy who always held my like interest because I like seeing stars be stars. I, it's why I don't want to see Connor fight Habib. I want to see a star be a star. John Jones hasn't looked like a star in a damn long time. So, like, well, what am I itching for him to do at heavyweight? It's so you got you got you think I don't like to. You like to see John Jones get challenged. I like to see him look like he's a superhero. So like, you got so you got him going Reyes either way. Whether he yeah. he wants Reyes, we're gonna get her. So I'm it's going a different way. It's unfinished business. It's the so, only thing fight to make. So it's, I got um. I wanted to fight at heavyweight because I saw Ilar Latifi basically beat the number six heavyweight this last week. So I, I'm thinking he can beat anybody below that real easy. Um, God, I'm going to rip on Derek Lewis in about 10 minutes. Um, 
I think he's going to fight the winner of Corey Anderson versus Jan Blachowicz. I think that's the next fight. I don't think I John never Jones, wanted you to be so wrong. I don't I want to be wrong too, but you know what? John Jones fought those guys both two those guys more than once. Yeah. He did not go back to back with them. And he just had a really hard fight. And I don't know if he wants to fight a kid again in four months. I'm just saying. I hope I'm wrong. But if Malky goes out there and they're selling the PR of he won three rounds, one judge gave him four rounds. You know, let's let we want Reyes to win one more before he gets another shot at Jones. And, you know, we get John Jones jabbing Corey Anderson for 25 minutes. That's a spoiler for who I think is winning this fight, by the way. You know, and we get a snoozer there. I would not be shocked because that's what I think is going to happen. But oh, I want to see if I jab him. I'd be so fucking proud of John Jones if he used his or, goddamn you know what I mean? jab for a He's, fight. You know, you know the fights where John Jones grabs a guy's wrist and throws five punches around. And that's what it's gonna, we're going to get. But I hope I'm wrong. And I hope it is a heavyweight fight. Or the Reyes fight. Um, so I want to see him fight Stipe, man. I don't care if he loses. I would just like to see John Jones fight for the heavyweight title. Because I think we got three years left with this dude. Because he's been fighting in the UFC since he was like 21. And now he's 33. Because it's just, he's at six hours of cage time. And you know what? The guys have a lot of research that he can do on him. <laughs> he's not that unpredictable anymore. He although, does the same thing in every fucking fight. Although if you think about it, I remember he did have like, Basically a two-year hiatus. You know, he's got six kind of hours of cage time. There's so part of that's in here, man. This, this, he fights a certain way now. He hasn't it, thrown th weird new shit in six fights. To be I fair, think. it is six hours, but it's six hours of him dominating damn near all that six hours. Like that's it's different when it's like six grueling hours. Like when well, you I showed mean, me I, that graphic, Bobby, and I saw uh, Dos Anjos on there, I was like, ooh. That's a rough six hours because that well, dude I, is now well, winning just, all of his five round fights. He's losing a lot of them and getting dominated for yeah. all of them. That's a rougher six hours than like I'm smoking this dude. For well, like, I, I didn't mean so much as about him getting beat up as much as like Reyes had six hours of footage to watch. Like he sure, doesn't yeah. Jones doesn't do anything new anymore. He does nothing new. He fights the same way in every fight. He has but again, like there's not six hours of people dissecting Jones and finding holes. It's usually like six hours. The it, fights it, are it, getting closer, it's man. Four hours of him styling on dudes. He An hour and a half of him mediocrely beating guys, and then maybe 30 minutes with Gus and some Dude, gear where he, he, he like took, was not doing great. He had to go to a split decision with a guy with one leg four months ago. Like he went, he barely pulled this one off. The fights are getting closer. I'm just saying. That's true. You know, there's less picograms in the system. All right. He needs those picos. <laughs> he needs the picograms. Um, all right, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, fought perfect. Nobody has anything for her. Um she put a hole in Caitlin Chukasian's head with one elbow. She put her in a crucifix, elbowed, punched her. The fight was over. We weren't even wasting our time. Um, what do we what do we do here, Mark? Seriously, what do, what do we do with her? Honestly, uh, it is really sad. She is in a mighty mouse situation where she is does not. Yeah. There is not the depth in the division she's in for her to have credible opponents until. Again, like a new generation gets built up that we can see because everyone that is in her line of sight are girls she's already beaten or girls that we know the skill set's just not there. Um, so it, it's really unfortunate. I think her star isn't shining as bright because she doesn't have those dance partners. To well, get she's going to really be uh, she's going to be in a Halle Berry movie, which is why Halle Berry was at the fight. She was there. She says, I'm here to see my friend Valentina fight, which was a nice story. Nice That's to hear. Good. I, does she have speaking lines? Let me, like, I don't let me, know. Let me ask you this, Mark. Is there, any, is there any bantamweight you pick over her besides Amanda? No, there, there's really not. I mean, That's the, where we're at. And I, <laughs> and I think the, the larger conversation is like the only fight that people are interested in seeing her in is with Amanda Nunes. They've ran that a couple of times, and Amanda Nunes has gotten the better of her. I don't think that means they shouldn't run it back a third time. We have a champion versus champion scenario here, and those fights were very close. Um, again, though, even with Amanda Nunes, I mean, it, it's hard. And I don't... I hate to kind of like hate on Valentina, but like she's never been a big star. She's not to me what she is to you, Bobby, like where you get excited no. to see her. For me, it's just like she's going to beat this girl. And sometimes it's exciting. And she finished, you know, she finished uh, Caitlin here. And then, you know, $5 to you gladly to, to to end this fight early for me. So I don't have to wait five there, I don't think her fights are boring, decision. man. Honestly, she had like. It, she, it, she, it's she, not. It's like it's like Mighty Mouse. It's not that it's boring because. This chick isn't like doing stuff. Is that like the dance partner? We, if you go to watch professional tango, 
and the dude's just going to stand there and the lady's going to dance around him. It's just like, well, that's not very entertaining. I need to see two people dancing in unison to get the mwah, the beauty well, of we, MMA. Stefan just, just told us he wants to see a star be a star. She is fucking these girls up. Yeah, and, and Stefan wants to see the dance no. battle where one dude breaks on the other guy. And he's just, oh, I'm <laughs> clowned. I can't. I got to get out of here. And hey, hey. I was just talking about pride. What do you think those guys do? They fed tomato cans that, to them. I, 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 I said that to Stomp on this guy. Soccer kick that guy. Because we want... And I agree with Stefan to a certain degree. Like, you build these stars by making them seem like superheroes. And you don't seem like a superhero more so than when you just soccer so, kick and so, stomp so, a dude's face into the ground. So we're feeding Roxanne to her next is what you're saying. I mean, that, that seems to be what the conversation is. <laughs> and I don't even... Given the field that it's in, I don't even hate that fight. I like Roxanne. She's Roxanne an will, personality. Roxanne will bite down on her mouth guard and go for it at least. And the thing, too, is what I saw in the Macy Barber fight is that you can discredit Roxanne and you can look at her past fights and think, like, Macy Barber is going to eat the shit out of her. She's going to beat the crap out of her. She's a fucking Tyson. And you, you remember Roxanne. She Her stand-up was so abysmal a few years ago. But she's changed that conversation and even though we're all pick Valentino, obviously, I will not be shocked if Roxy makes it a fucking fight because she does. That's what she's. There's been many fights where I counted her out, and she goes out there with, with the new training that she's been doing and makes it a fight. And I would be shocked if surprised. she won. If she made it a fight, I wouldn't be shocked. If she won, oh, I would well, be yeah, shocked. No, Bobby, don't, don't <laughs> twist my words around. I never said at one moment in that conversation that she was going to lose that fight. I said Roxanne might Mike, make it a fight. I know. She might get a takedown or, or land a right straight. Which, she's yeah, not gonna can, win can we have fight. a can we have a never ending five dollar bet with Valentina fights? I just oh yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll gladly let's keep going. Finish these fights. I don't need another Liz Carmouche. <laughs> I'm in round five. Like, dude, you already beat her. Let's just you know at, 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 for, at the end of the fourth round there, it should be like it, it, it's like a slaughter rule in baseball or something. Like we we've seen enough. We know, we know, Liz. You're so you're tough as all shit. You're not going to get. Do, stopped. Do you think, just, honest question? So they stopped that fight with the crucifix. Let's say we were watching Jones versus Reyes, and Reyes had Jones in that position. If that's how John Jones had lost the fight, do you, like I'm basically what I'm getting at is, do you think they're like this fight isn't close? Let's get this the fuck out of here. I, I mean, I think when you are a ref and you are making that determine of do I need to stop the fight because this fighter has taken too much punishment. You're obviously thinking about what's happened in the rest of those two rounds. The okay. rest of the two rounds, she's That's been fair. completely dominated and took a lot of damage. We've seen people in crucifix that kind of can't get out and they kind of get stuck there, and referees don't stop it because you can't generate a lot of damage. And to Caitlin's uh, um, defense here, she was she never gave up in that crucifix. No, she, she was tough. Fought and, and when you look at the, when she ended the fight, she was still trying to fight the legs to get out of there. But the referee was like, "I've had enough." Yeah. <laughs> Me as a fan, I was like, I've seen enough. I'm okay with this. Look, at you're a warrior. You did not stop. You have to get some credit there, but that fight was done. Mike, um, how many more fights does Wei Li Zhang need to have for you to want to see Wei Li Zhang? How many title defenses before you want to see Wei Li Zhang fight Valentina Shevchenko? Because that's the only other, other fight that's out there. Well, I think there's a distinct possibility she might lose to Yuan in, in um. Yeah, the I'm kind of I'm kind of assuming she pulls that off. I mean, it's maybe a wrong assumption. It's a close fight, but how many do you think? What do you need to see that fight? Or do you think, fuck it, let's do it, if she wins the next fight? No, I, I don't want to see that. And the reason why I don't want to see that is because, you know, Whaley Jang's division, it has it has contenders. Yep. It has it has notable names and it has compelling fights for Whaley Jang because there was one thing that when Yoana was champion, you know, you were starting to get a bit of the John Jones situation where you thought it had been cleared out and then Rose breathed new life into it, and then Jesus, I can't remember the girl who beat Rose's name. Andraj. Andraj. And then Andraj came and and beat Rose, and then Whaley Jan came and and you know came with one of the bigger upsets from last from last year. So there's a lot of good fights for Whaley Jang. You know, even after she beats, if she beats uh, Nama Yunus, I mean, Young um, Jacek. So no, I don't want to see that fight. Um, not I can under not yet. Um, maybe in a year or so, maybe in a year and a half, if both of them continue to be champions. And yeah, that, that will suck for Chevchenko because there's not nearly the, the, the level of competition at 125 like there is at 115. But by the way, you, it's not like I'm not sure that fight even sells anything, but I think it'd be a good fight. But you, you can't cannibalize, you know, one division just because the other division, you know, doesn't have very compelling, uh, fights. Just can't. 
Fair enough. Stefan, you got an opinion on this? I know I just kind of threw something your way and said you wanted to watch Valentina sh- destroy people when I know you didn't say that at all. So uh, what do you got to say? <laughs> well, I was to say, uh, Mark is right on with the De- Mighty Mouse. Bob, you remember every time she destroys someone. I remember every time that she has it in the bag, but she's like, I'm good. I can coast to a decision. She did it one time against Liz. Who else did she do it against? She has half finishes, Bobby. She has half decisions. No, she has 67% finishes. Is this one third decision. Yeah, she got a 67% finish rate. That's because Liz Carmouche is made of iron, okay? <laughs> just because she's made of fucking steel. I don't know. I see, I know what you guys are saying. It's just, I kind of buzz me out because I really think she can't fight any better than she is and is just not going to go anywhere because UFC can't promote anything anyway. So why would people get excited to watch about her, watch her dominance? Um... Can you get on board with me when I complain about Derek Lewis here? Because I think Derek Lewis fought an embarrassing fight. I, I thought, thought Derek Lewis w- lost to Blagoy. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of that just played out all over again. Dude, I'm watching this fight and I'm like, you have been in the UFC for like six years. And how are you having this much trouble with, I love Elar Latifi. And I was actively rooting against Elar Latifi because I'm like, I want him out of this division. I don't want him to think this is going so well that he needs to do it again. Derek Lewis fought an embarrassing fight. I didn't think he won. Mike, you think he won? Mike is... Sorry, sorry, I was muted. Uh, no, I do not think he won, Bobby. The best part of that fight is when Derek Lewis said you can buy him five shots, he ain't buying you shit. Which is half of why this fight was booked. The other half was probably because the UFC thought they'd get a knockout. Well, that was, that's why, like, when, like, you know, he's a number six heavyweight. That was the number six heavyweight. And he's getting taken down by a five foot nine guy, like multiple times and just look into the referee for help constantly i don't oh, yeah i just want to you know come in at the defense of Derek lewis like i've been pretty negative with mma lately but you know if you kind of expected more or you're disappointed in Derek, i just think that's the cult of personality with him dude is charming he's hilarious he gets these crazy knockouts but he kind of is what he's always been right he's this one trick pony you know how many fights was he definitely going to lose until he pulled this Hail Mary KO out of his like back pocket like with you know one minute left to go in the round five seconds left to go in the round so as good as his record is to be the sixth ranked heavyweight in the world at the same time like he's that close to basically being 500 if it that one punch doesn't land so he, he just kind of is what he is right and we like him for it yeah um maybe I'm asking too much of him all right, folks, um, you know our adventures in podcast recording are never fun, and our shitty podcast program, Move AVI uh, Screen Capture Studio, let us down yet again. So we are going to re-record the last... <laughs> we talked for quite a bit, so it's going to be a little bit more abridged for that, but we want to make sure you guys know our thoughts on yeah. this card this weekend. Yo, Bob, we just time-traveled like an hour and a half into the future, and let me tell you, it still is the exact same as it was back then. Yeah. Regrettably for all of you, in the last forty lost forty minutes, we actually explained the meaning of life again. Yeah, and I cured cancer real quick and then burned the results. That was dumb. I don't know yeah. why I did that. You know what's also good for you guys? I'm I got on my soapbox for like twenty minutes there. I'm not gonna do that this time. So um do you, you have remember uh size this is a little side that means nothing, but you know what? This is where we are tonight. Remember that Simpsons episode where Homer gets real smart and then he uh mathematically proves that God doesn't exist. Flanders uh, reads it, checks the math. He's like, well, can't let the church see this. Um, all right, boys and girls, um, we're going to talk about this fight card, which we just literally spent 45 minutes doing, um, which it probably didn't deserve that much time. UFC is going to be at the Santa Ana Star Center, which I'm surprised they're not at an Indian casino in Rio Grande, Rio, Rio Rancho, um, New Mexico. Um, meaning that every fighter that's ever visited Jackson and Winklejohn, including those doing their cardio kickboxing class, is probably on this fight card. Um, main evented the rematch that nobody asked for. I can't emphasize that enough, folks. None of us needed to see this again. All right. Corey Anderson, Jan Blockowitz. Uh, none of you watched the first time. You know how I know? The main event of that card that they were on was headlined by Mighty Mouse Johnson and John Dotson. Did 115,000 buys. None of you fucking buy- paid for this. All right. We didn't. Um, we we might have paid for it. Um, <laughs> one of us is a big Marty Mouse, Mighty Mouse Mark. That's me. Um, Corey Anderson, John Blockowitz. I got Corey Anderson. I have no analysis. Stefan, why don't you give the betting odds because I skipped that part and tell me why you were picking the same thing I am. Yeah, it's two to one. 
Um, but like you said, Bobby, we've seen this before. You know, when y'all are sitting at home watching Netflix uh, with the Office on for the 18th time, uh, when you watch that episode, does it suddenly have a new ending? It does the characters say different things? No, it's the same damn story you already saw. Um, Mark, yeah, I'm like you said, Bobby. Uh, why I this is kind of a boring fight. The like when I didn't realize they fought before, it's like, you're, oh, we, we made this mistake once. Um, the only thing I said, I mean, I think Corey Anderson is going to win this fight. This is kind of his chance to make a statement for getting the next title shot at John Jones, and he has to make the most emphatic statement he has in his we entire career. I'm talking, I'm talking, it's time to pull out the Hadouken, okay? You I need was gonna Hadouken say, KO for this, <laughs> Corey Anderson. What is it called when Ryu does the uppercut and gets 12 feet in the air? He needs to have one of those. Shahrukin. Yeah, we got to see a Shahrukin, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, Corey Anderson hadn't had a knockout in maybe about eight fights before his last fight. And I am assuming he is regressing back to the mean here and giving us another rousing decision win. Yeah, um, he's really, if he wants to somehow convince us that we don't want to see Dominic Reyes or a heavyweight fighter title fight with John Jones, he's got to like tune up the band Shawn Michaels style, hit a super kick. Or, you know, give me a wheel kick or give me some sort of like, he has to run not like Anthony Pettis style, but he's got to run for at least three or four lengths of the cage a couple times around and kick him in the head. I need something like that. Um, speaking of some some nonsense happening, Michelle Pereira versus Diego Sanchez. Um, I'm going to say it right here, folks. I think Diego Sanchez is going to win a decision he doesn't deserve to win. I know how it rolls with Diego Sanchez when he fights in New Mexico. They like to just give him stuff. Diego probably knows everybody working that event. All right? The referees, the judges, the parking attendant. Diego's actually from this place. All right? And they are going to give Diego this fight if he makes three mean faces each round. All right? He might get a 30-27. And he's fighting possibly, not the dumbest. Stefan will remind you who the dumbest is. But one of the dumbest UFC fighters that exist in Michelle Pereira, who has a trash record. Like, Diego Sanchez has a bad record, but Diego Sanchez was, like, 20-0 and 0 at one point. This kid doesn't even have that. So I got Diego Sanchez. Stefan? <laughs> um, I'm taking the other guy, the uh, second stupidest fighter. Um, don't need to give you a breakdown, so I'm just going to refresh your memory on why Andre Sukumtat is the dumbest fighter in the history of MMA. My dude was getting lit the F up. Just absolutely lit the F up. And by some twist of fate, and not due to his means whatsoever. Just because he got the guy was so good at kicking Sukumtat's ass, he broke his foot. And he couldn't stand. So what does Andre decide to do in the final four minutes of this fight? I'm going to take him down. And I'm going <laughs> to hold him down. And I'm not going to ground and pound. I'm not going to pursue a submission. I'm going to let the guy who can't stand on his broken foot lay down with no threat of attack for the rest of this fight. That's Seems Andre. Smart. Seems like a smart fight. Mike. You're you're with me with this on Diego, right? I've been trying like I'm giving you another crack at this. <laughs> uh, just in case, because I don't think you referenced why uh, Michelle Pereira is the second stupidest man in the UFC. But just to refresh the listeners' memory, in his last fight, he decided to uh, you know audition for the U.S. gymnastics um, you know Olympic team, and he was just flipping all over the goddamn octagon, tired himself out, and promptly lost which is why uh, he is now dubbed the, the second stupidest man in the UFC. But let's remember something. If he had knocked that dude out, we wouldn't be saying this man is stupid. We would have been saying he is revolutionizing MMA as we know it. He would have been a prospect high on the rise, and we all would have been bowing down at M the altar of Michelle Perea. So that's why I'm going to pick him, because I am a man who sees the glass half full. Bobby. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm even more confident with every... This is the second time I'm picking Diego Sanchez to win a fight in 2020 in the last hour, and I'm even more confident. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I, I hate to tease the listeners with what was the, the, the last hour and a half that we just spoke, but one of the, the boons here for me is I'm pretty sure I called this guy Michael the whole time, so Michelle <laughs> Pereira, now that I have his name right, I'm a professional over here. I, I, I am going with him. I'm picking the the young athletic man to beat the old man Diego uh, Sanchez, but not not not, and and I want to give credit to Mike as well because both times he picked him, he nailed it out of the park. They were both hilarious. Last time he just said basically he wanted to have more stamina to do more backflips, and I like this this revolution style more because that that is true. If, if seriously, if he did a backflip and, and finished the fight, I'd be like, oh, 
everyone needs to start doing backflips now in bags and shit, it would have changed the sport. I mean, let's remember that in the 80s, one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's signature moves was that, like, ballet split kick. Yeah, no one's doing split kicks no more. What's up? Yeah, that's that's the problem. That's what this sport is missing at this point. Um, guys are all haters. You all still the like stars be stars, Bobby. I, Anna, I'm honestly sitting here wondering if the people are able to, able to hear our really good Juan Adams analysis, whether that got cut out or not, to be honest. Because <laughs> Michael, after about 15 minutes about that. Sorry, folks. Um, the actual best fight on this card, according to us, at least on paper, Lando Venata, Yancey Medeiros. Um, yeah, I, I, this is a pick'em, right? Or this is basically, this is the pick'em where the casino. Uh, minus 110. Pick'em for the casino's benefit. I can't keep picking Lando Venata to win fights. He doesn't. He wins some. He loses some. He gets some draws. Yancey's losing a lot these days, but you know what? He's good enough to beat Lando Venata. And in my head, he is. Five five inches and about 50 pounds heavier than Lando Venata. It's definitely not accurate, but that is the monster I've created in my head. That Because let me tell you, Yancey fought Donald Cerrone. And in my head, Lando Venata is four weight classes away from Donald Cerrone. So with these incorrect stats in my head, Yancey Medeiros for the win. What do you got, Steph? Um, I'm with you on Yancey. Um, Lando, he, he he's a great kicker, um, but I'm kind of hoping Yancey gets... His kind of dirty in the phone booth style of boxing kind of wins the day. Um, but kind of when we were talking about this the first time, I'm really nervous just because that Donald Cerrone fight really left just a bad taste in my mouth for like as hot of a run as Yancey was kind of looking and kind of putting himself together. That was just an atrocious performance. I'm expecting him to not be starstruck by fighting Lando Venata, but his head was just not there in that Cerrone fight. And that's just a tough look on a guy coming off of his last fight. Lando, one of the guys who has bailed on the Jackson Wink camp, um, now training. Well, now I don't know what the hell's going on because Wikipedia says he trains at the BMF Ranch and, at, and then someplace else called Jackson's MMA Okoma, which really sounds like Lando doesn't want to hang out with Mike Winklejohn is what that reads as. But we'll see how that goes. Mark, who do you got for this one? Yeah, this one really uh, sh sheds some light on how I kind of pick fights and the research I put in. Because when I think of Lando, uh, you know, I think of a really high-skilled kickboxer, taekwondo practitioner, someone who's very flashy, you know. But a lot of the analysis is not rewatching tape and looking at the the small details. It's looking at that record, baby, and that record, fugly. <laughs> Lando got a fugly record right now. He's got all the colors going intertwined with losses and wins and a lot of draws. Um, his tenure in the UFC has been very up and down, which I don't think has been necessarily. Um, indicative of his skill level or what he's capable of, but he's been inconsistent. And uh, Yancey has had some, uh, you know, tough losses, and some of them have strung together as they have recently with, um, you know, his cowboy loss and um, Gillespie in his last fight. Uh, but I, I, I like him a little bit more in that fight. And again, you know, I'd love to be able to say like, oh, the way Lando does the switch kick and how Yancey moves this way, that that's going to be the key for this fight. And he's going to land that. And that's going to. I don't have that analysis. I'm going off of the records. Like I said, that record fugly is. I need to get a couple wins in there before I'm going to get secure in my votes for him again. So, yeah, I'm going with Yancey. I'm pretty confident I picked Lando to win, like, all these fights, too. I'm just looking at these fights. I'm like, I'm, I think I saw him fight Tony Ferguson, and I'm like, fuck it. He's beaten McDessie. He's beaten Tamor. He's beat I definitely picked him over Bobby Green. I definitely Green. probably picked Bobby Green, and we both lost. So yeah. Was like <laughs> that was when he threw the illegal knee, and Bobby Green spent. That was one of those fights where Bobby Green spent a lot of the fight talking shit. Um, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I live with a few rules. Um, one, um, you should never pick a fighter just because you think they're due for a win, which, uh, I think Lando lives his life either being due for a loss or due for a win, you know, depending on what month it is and what was his last fight outcome. And, uh, you don't pick against the Diaz and anyone who is Diaz adjacent, which Yancey Madero's is. All right, uh, we're not picking anything else on this card. Um, though, honestly, there's some prelims that are better than these f like main card fights. Like I don't know who Kazalu Vargas are, is and why he's fighting Brock Weaver on the main card, but I'd rather watch Jim Miller and Scott Holtzman, personally. Um, check out the Nathaniel Wood fight. I'm actually going to try to keep an eye out for this kid because he's 3-0 and in the UFC with three submissions. He's 26 years old. 
And if he can take John Dodson out, shit, if he can finish Don John Dodson, we got ourselves somebody that's for real here. And it's nice to see some young guys doing it. Um, we talked about it earlier in the show that Nico Montoya got bounced from her fight for some unknown reason. Um, we'll see if she ever fights in the UFC again. Because I, like Stefan, think she may not be coming back at all. Um, let's just do stuff we like. Um, I'll go first. Uh, it was my birthday this past week. I uh, was able to celebrate with a lot of the guys here and a couple friends visiting from New York. And I'm not a big birthday guy, but it was nice for everybody to, you know, make me feel special. And Stefan bought me some Young Bucks pop figures, and it made me so happy. It was, it's still making me very happy. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Um, they spark joy, Bobby. <laughs> they spark joy. Um, they're going to go in the office next to my Batman pop figure. Good. Uh, That'll yeah. be good because I won't be the only person that has like 50 toys. It's going to be, I'm going to put Batman in the middle and I'm going to have Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson flip uh, flexing around him. That's the faction I'm looking for, AEW. Come on. You're on, you're on TNT. They've aired Dark Knight every other fucking day. You can get me a Batman in AEW. Make it happen. Speaking of uh, you guys' office, Mark, when I visited a month and a half ago, I didn't even need to be told which one was your desk. Oh, yeah, man. It, it's obvious. I got, I got so much There's shit. There's a fucking Neo office. Geo on there. <laughs> He's got everything. He's got an arcade system for the love of God. Um, yeah, that's it for me, man. Um, I need to watch some new shows. And uh, I would like Umbrella Academy to come back sooner rather than later if I'm just putting stuff out into the universe. Because I'm going to forget what happened and I'm going to go watch it, the fucking last episode again. Speaking, anyway, speaking of that, he's the season two on Twitter from Brother Academy. They teased it? Yeah. I was not aware. Last time we did this, Bob, you actually remembered the show that you need to hop on. It's Barry. Called watch Barry. I got to watch Barry. Stefan, you still want me to play Spider Man on X? I'm, I'm, I gotta think I gotta like respect you more as a friend and actually watch or do one of these things you suggest for me. <laughs> Honestly, I feel bad at this point. Anyway, what do you got this week, man? <laughs> um, I am riding what is called the Hallyu Wave. And what is the Hallyu Wave? That is the wave of South Korean culture hitting that, uh, hitting them popularity strides who here in the States. Um, I got those BTS tickets I said I was hunting. Um, and if you happen to see the Oscars, a underdog, unexpected, surprise, and new Best Picture came out uh, yesterday, and that was uh, the South Korean film Parasite. Um, plan to watch it after we watch the fights on Saturday. Um, I've been heard nothing but great things. Um, like you were saying, you, Bob, you trust my opinion. Um, when my sister Suzanne says I'm going to find a movie funny, she is right. She she does not point me into not my type of comedy. Um, and it's not purely a comedy either. Um, it is kind of a drama, dark take on society and where we are. Uh, it's very relevant for our times. Um, but, you know, it has funny shit in it, and I love it. Um, you know, uh, Mark, he kind of mentioned uh, a cute moment from the uh, the Oscars that I'll let him kind of speak to that he saw. Because it was a big thing on uh, Reddit. It was trending. It was viral. I think everyone, it was a big made, made me smile kind of moment. But um, even going back to the Golden Globes where they first started getting momentum, um, I loved his statement of when you can get past the barrier of one-inch subtitles, the world of culture and great art that you can expose yourself to is really right there for your taking. You know, me and Micah, we pitch a lot of anime, right? So if you can get past needing to fucking read subtitles every once in a while, there is some really awesome content out there. Yeah. but you guys also know like that is a fucking barrier like there are there are sometimes like i cannot watch this show right now because i can't read i need to like just like be zoned out dude i have the i have subtitles on for shows that aren't english sometimes just so i can get the fucking all the dialogue man you see this is the uh diverting from you know the uh actual I, I would assume great movie that parasite is and just so an argument about subtitles but i know that steph has had this argument with dubbers before that they're like, oh, I don't want to have to read. You know, it takes away from like actually watching the anime. Wait a second. Are you telling me you guys can't read at like a sixth grade level? Because that's basically the type of subtitling you're, you're, you're reading. Really? You can't read a sentence in like a second and just watch the goddamn screen? I think the problem is you can't play Switch and read the subtitles. There so fuck like, it fucking is. Mark has nailed it right on it. You can't second screen subtitles. And I mean... And that's why you have to make it like, okay, I'm going to actively watch this thing. I'm not just going to, I'm not going to absorb it through osmosis, but you know, I, I, I'm with you, Mike. Like 
I've watched a lot of shows that are subtitled that when they are subtitled really well and localized really well, like high score, high score, a uh, high score girl, it's just like it makes the show better. Like good writing and being able to translate well can make like those properties really shine. So yeah, it's sometimes it's absolutely worth the squeeze, but you got to admit there's a little squeeze. Okay, I'll I'll admit that there's there's a slight squeeze. All right, he's mostly always worth it though. Yes, fair enough. Um, I don't even know where we're at. Stefan gave us his. Mike, where are you at? Uh, yeah. So for me, it's uh, the thing I like this week is the activity of snowboarding. So this past weekend, I spent it in Killington, Vermont, with my uh, with my company. We uh, went on a uh, company retreat over there. Um, I had never gone snowboarding before, so that was a new uh, experience for me. I spent pretty much all of Saturday with uh, an instructor on the like little, little practice baby hill and then going on the actual bunny slope. And then on Sunday, I was starting to really get, I think, really good at, you know, just maneuver, maneuvering around and, and stopping. And then a 10 year old little girl cut in front of me and I had to stop so violently and so quickly. I'm pretty sure I have a sprained left knee. I woke up this morning and had to pop a shit ton of painkillers so that I can go to work. But with all of that being said, it was worth it. And I will likely not say hell no to going snowboarding again um, if ever comes up in the future. Hey, I know someone who fell off a ski lift. It was me. I fell off a ski lift. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) What's everyone's worst fear, Bobby? I wasn't that that far high up. I would would have been really damaged. Yeah, it it wasn't great. Um, Anyway, Mark, what you got this week? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to keep it uh, short and sweet because there's not a lot. It is kind of a dry season for gaming right now. Uh, But there is a kind of big title that's not getting a lot of media attention. uh, And this is Dreams. This is an exclusive game to PlayStation 4 from uh, their developers, Media Molecule. Uh, they previously made Little Big Planet 1 through 3 and Tearaway on the Vita that eventually got uh, ported to the PS4. Um, and Dreams is kind of an extension or an evolution of the Little Big Planet formula where they're basically giving the users, the players, um, basically a game dev software to create 3D models, animations, essentially games, music. Um, and part of that process is that not only are you creating things within the game, uh, you can also just create a specific thing and then share it online so other people can use the 3D model you made or the bush you created or the tree or whatever. Uh, and then ultimately, you kind of can go and check people's like games out or little videos or audio things. And uh, it's actually been in early access for about like eight months or so. And I bought in and I kind of checked out people's stuff and it's kind of just weird trippy fun stuff and it, you, you you go in with the expectation that this is all these things are works works in progress so it's kind of just fun little beta things that you're messing around with but eventually people have actually made some really cool shit on the uh, platform so it's officially launching on friday so it is kind of a tough sell because unless you're a very creative type and having something like a 3d modeling software and audio software for like 40 bucks sounds appealing to people which for a lot of people, it does because that software can be extremely expensive. Having 3D modeling software like Maya is a very can be very expensive. Dreams is basically giving you that, but you have to learn it and you have to kind of put effort in to kind of figure out how to do that stuff. So a lot of people are just going to be interested in playing other people's creations like myself. Um, so it almost benefits you to jump in later when the game might even be cheaper. Uh, but I really want to support Media Molecule. I think they make really cool stuff. They are a very unique dev in this field. Um, and this game has taken an incredibly long time for them to get out the door. Uh, so I wanted to kind of get in and support them early. Um, but it is a really tough sell. Like, I can't say for people that don't play games that much, like, oh, you should definitely get Dreams and mess around with someone's weird 3D platformer that they spent three weeks on and, you know, doesn't really play that great. But every now and then you jump on uh, something that is really unique and interesting. And I remember one of the first games I played was this really dumb boxing game. It was like a pub boxing game. And the game was whatever, but the, he basically made this song where it's like, hey, you, what you looking at? What you looking at? Bing, bang, boom. And it's just like this stupid, catchy song that stuck with me with two weeks. I was like, fuck, that song is so dumb and fun. And that's the kind of shit you find on Dreams. So uh, I think it's worth uh, the price of admission, but it's a tough sell. And it's definitely something that will hopefully only get better with time. So uh, you can definitely jump in late and still catch some cool stuff. So, yeah, that's what I got. Oh, Bob, you're uh, muted. 
All right, boys and girls, we're not going to keep you any longer than this, considering we are on like hour two of part of recording here now. Um, want to thank you guys all for listening. We're going to be back next week. We're going to do our best to talk as little as possible about Corey Anderson and Jan Blockowitz. We'll see if Michelle Pereira does something that makes us talk about this card more than we need to. We are then going to preview, and now the guys have a chance to have looked at this, the worst UFC card on paper ever. All right? It's pretty bad. I agree. It is so bad. I like the main event. I like Dan Hooker and Paul Felder a lot. But holy shit. Like, ah, oh. this is one I can skip. Excellent. I mean, I love me some Carolina Kowalkiewicz, but what the fuck is this card? Yeah, if you dig real deep, you can find Tyson Nam way down there. I mean, the you can find Jake Matthews on there too, but fuck this card. Is Emil Mech the guy who had the, vi- the like, he was the Viking dude? Am I inventing something up mm, here? About, I don't sure know. If that was him. Whatever. Priscilla Cachoeira is on here, most known for taking one of the worst beatings in MMA history. This side of Jan Finney. Yeah, it's just garbage. It's a garbage card that you don't need to watch. But I will watch Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker after the fact if they tell me it's good. Um. Anyway, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all for putting up with us. Um. If someone has a really good recording software they want to recommend to me, you know, I will log back into the It's I'm Amazing Twitter to find out. Bobby, right? I was thinking about this earlier. We're going to start recording on Dreams, baby. Only podcast on Dreams. There we go. That's what we're going to do. Um, again, thank you all for listening. Be back next week. Uh, we'll see what happens with the John Jones fiasco. Until then, peace out. See ya. Adieu.